the test. For the next 60 seconds, the station will conduct the test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. Sorry, that's the most Jersey thing you've told me. <laughs> Turn up to five four. We got UFC coming on. <laughs> This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. And the good thing about that is I instantly know who the assholes are. (laughs) (laughs) The broadcasters of your area in voluntary cooperation with the FCC have developed a system to keep you informed in the event of an emergency. That's where I ran into Dolph Shays at the game. <laughs> the biggest thing I regret is not getting this picture. My brother and I are walking through the concourse at halftime of the All Star game. And my brother's like, "Look at this guy. He looks like one of the original NBA guys." And I look up and I'm like, "That's Dolce's." And I went up and approached him and I'm like, "Hey, Dolce's, how you doing?" He's like, "All right." He's like, "Matt Livercary. I lived at 1106 Madison Street." He's like, "Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember." He's like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> Like you said, I didn't belong at the All Star game. <laughs> I had to, I had to defend myself. I'm Sanders, and he's Liv, and we are two sorry excuses. Liveroo! What's up, Sam, man? What we'll do is, I'm hoping, each week, and I think, you know, like you said, Thursday, I think, is a good night. Um, Yeah, I looked at the schedule. No Thursday games at all this year. It just seems like... You know, Thursday is the perfect like, kind of midway point, looking forward to the weekend and looking back on what happened. And what used to be, a, you know, an early start to the weekend doesn't even figure into my plans anymore. So it's a perfect night to um, chat with you and, and catch up and see what's up. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about um, the game that passed. We'll talk a little bit about what's coming up um, and just, you know, basically wax poetic about uh about Syracuse. Um but first um I want to get your take on the uh ACC. I know that we had feelings about this in the past cuz I know we talked about it. And I think you were very much in the pro Big East kind of corner, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I I hope I was hoping that, you know, that that could be a viable option that we ended up staying there. Um you know, as much as the tradition and 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 legacy, um, I, from a selfish standpoint, you know, that's the tournament was in my backyard. I could yeah. catch three or four games a year without question. Um, and, and it's just you know the whole Daryl Gross, we are NYC. Um, Did you know, read mentality. The Wall Street Journal about that? No, no. I what saw it, a, it must be a dude that graduated from Syracuse, but it was on. You know, WallStreetJournal.com last night I read it, you know, talking about Syracuse, trying to, how hard it's going to be for them to carve out being the New York team now since they're, 
you know, they're not going to be playing at a tournament in New York City. They're not going to be playing like Ruggers, St. John's, and Seton Hall annually. You know, they're just not going to have as big a presence down there anymore. And it's it's totally true um, because the the New York metropolitan area doesn't care. It's a, it's one of the areas that doesn't care about Duke, doesn't care about ACC, doesn't care about North Carolina. You know, they're they're Big East. You know, they're St. John's. Yep. They, you know, we had a footprint there uh, as yep. long as those were were legitimate, relevant rivalries. So, um, and another salient stat from that article. It was like in the New York tri-state area. I think there's like 58,000 Syracuse alumni. And the whole ACC footprint outside of Syracuse, it's about the same number. You know? Yeah. So it was like, I don't know, like you're saying, for you. Yeah. Perfect example. How much harder it is for a Syracuse guy to follow his team now. And in terms of quality of play, Big East with the traditional Big East lineup, goes toe-to-toe with the ACC anyway. Yeah. It, it's, it's a wash from a basketball standpoint. Um, you know, obviously there's some upside to, you know, to getting Duke in the building, uh, you know, every other year. Yeah. Um, having, you know, a trip down to North Carolina, you know, play the research triangle. Um, there's, like, it, there's nothing wrong with that, but it, it just, you know, I get that same... I get that same quality of basketball when, you know, you go down to Georgetown and you play, you know, the, the Georgetown, Rutgers, St. John's swing. Yeah. So this is my issue. A few things I have to say about it. one. Uh, if it was the Big East, like when I entered school there and while you were there, where like they had just added like West Virginia, Notre Dame, but it was basically the same Big East that we grew up watching on those big Monday games and the CBS Saturday afternoon games back like in the late 80s and stuff and the early yeah. 90s. Yeah. You know, I would have never wanted to leave that conference. You know? Right, right. No, that but makes sense. Like, sitting here and we're going to, I mean, Marquette's nice and all, but, you know, it was watered down. We were only getting to play the teams that we were used to playing like once a year and stuff. Yeah. No, that's you true. Know, because we had to go play, we had to go play South Florida down there, or go to Chicago to play a lousy DePaul team. So that's why it didn't hurt so bad. And I understand the realities of football. My thing that's going to be weird about getting used to this is the whole idea, like you know, while Syracuse is Syracuse, you don't think of a big city. But it's an urban city. Our college is an urban college. And you always associate Big East with like these, you know. The urban brand, you know, you're playing in NBA arenas. Now we're playing, we're going to be playing these more bucolic style of like, you know, college towns. It's just a whole weird, you know, yeah. it's like outside of the comfort zone to me. Yep. yep. You know, it's definitely something a hell of a lot cooler about going to play at the Spectrum or whatever the arena now is in Philadelphia than going to go play, um, Joel Coliseum at Wake Forest, you know? It How- just doesn't have the same pizzazz to me. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Big East basketball is different than ACC to me, you know? Yeah. Straight How- up. The style How- was always different. How far do you trace back uh, your Cuse roots or Big East roots? Well, I'll say this much. I, I never would have imagined 
being a student there years later, but when that 87 Final Four, you know, it was played in New Orleans. So, of course, we're watching it, you know, and I don't really remember too many Final Fours before that. You know, I remember Louisville winning the year before, but I remember I was like, I was like, oh, well, I'm rooting for Syracuse. I don't know why, but I remember I used to watch those games, you know, the the games from, you know, on the, on the Saturday afternoon, you know. Yep. When they were like the only, you know, those were the only games that were shown regularly. And I don't know, I basically start following them from then on. Not as hardcore as I was leading up to the two years or so before I entered Syracuse, you know? Yeah. But I definitely was familiar with Ronnie Cycli and Tarek Coleman and Billy Owens and, you know, Adrian Autry and whatnot down the line. See, my first, uh, my first, remembrance of watching college basketball was um the georgetown north carolina final i guess that the patrick Ewing freshman year that makes Um, sense since you're two years older than me yeah so you know i'm probably eight at that point and you know able to kind of stay up late watch the game know what's going on and then from that point on it was you know it was four years of Patrick Ewing in Georgetown, and you know you kind of get indoctrinated, and you start to follow. Yeah. Um. I, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a Syracuse fan, uh, you know, until I decided to go there. But my brother Josh was always a, a huge Syracuse fan, so you know so he decided to go to Eastern Kentucky. He did. Uh, <laughs> Morehead State. Morehead State on a cheer, yeah. cheerleading scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> so like. You know, even though even though my attention was was elsewhere, it was still directed at the Big East. You know, and I didn't yeah. I didn't identify with any one particular team, um, you know, or or have a lot of fanfare. But I just watched it. You know, it was there. It was yeah. on. It was it was no, I, you know I think it was I'm there. In the same boat as you. I knew I didn't like Georgetown. Yep. I know that. I was. I remember. You know, I only remember the Georgetown NC State game afterwards. You know, it was only. I don't remember that as it happened. And right. I do remember next year when Georgetown won their one title. Yep. You know, the Houston-NC State game, that's what I meant. You know, the five Sam, slamma-jamma game, the upset. Uh, but the first game, I, the first final I actually really remember was that Villanova-Georgetown game in 85. Yep. You know, and it's like you knew it was a big deal, you know. I mean, and, and from then on, I knew I was getting into college basketball, and that was the, that was the stuff you watched. I mean... LSU was all right, so we watched those games when they would show them. But I remember going to the Dome to see LSU play Georgetown. You know, it was like Georgetown was a brand. Yeah. You know, so you were watching it, you know. And, I mean, I would love to see that, you know, obviously stay together and and, and be viable. But like you said, football rules a roost, and that's just kind of the reality. So, um, I mean, if we weren't a football school, but I wouldn't want to see us drop football. Yeah. Regardless of how mediocre we may be. So you kind of just kind of play the cards you dealt, and listen. Yeah. There's worse places to be than than the ACC. That's and that's there's for definitely sure. a bit of nervous optimism before we get into it. You know. Yeah, you know. Anytime we come into a season with you know with such high accolades, it always makes me nervous because we're always we're we're Syracuse. You know. Yeah. There's no expectation that we can't underachieve or not not perform oh. up to. It's like the, uh, you know, it's always sitting on your shoulder. Oh, no, we better not flop. 
You know, I don't know. I guess Duke people don't think like that. UNC people probably don't think like that. But it's always this, like, sort of Damocles hanging over a Syracuse fan's head. Yeah, when's the other shoe going to drop, you know? Yeah. Um, but number eight in the nation, number two in the ACC preseason poll, um, that's not too bad for the new guy on the block. No, but the nervous optimism I'm talking about is like, you know, all right, here we're into this new conference. We have to beat Duke and UNC at least once. Yeah. You know, I think we only played Duke once this year, or is it UNC? I know we played one of them twice. And- uh, we played Duke twice, um, okay. and we play UNC just once. Duke comes up. Yeah. Fat Pat wants wants me to go up for that UNC game that weekend. I'm seriously thinking about it. It's the, what is it, I think January 10th, 11th that weekend? Let me see here. The UNC is the 11th at at home. And then we have Duke at the Dome on February 1st. And then we go down uh, to Duke at the uh, end of February. That's, okay. a, that's a good, yeah, that's a good trip. Yeah. Uh, they'll still be on break. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't, yeah, that's not a bad thing. Yeah, not you know that was a worse thing fifteen years ago than it is fifteen now. Yeah, you know it's like, oh man, the students are gonna be a break. Like as if a bunch of like twenty twenty one year old kids want to see some thirty seven year old drunk guy <laughs> making awkward passes at coeds at Fagan's at one thirty in the morning. Um, I've been up every year uh, since we graduated, and I assure you that um, that we make no impact other than, than the negative impact of taking up the bar space that they would other, uh, otherwise occupy. So um, they're not missing us if we don't catch them on the over the break. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, if anything, it's a favor to them. <laughs> <laughs> More so than a detriment to us. Yeah, but it is cool when you see the whole campus in full swing now. Yeah. But, I mean, people... Some people might be trickling in, you know? Yeah, I think they usually get back, like, the the next weekend for some reason. Yeah, well, whatever day Martin Luther King Day is. Because I remember, you know, you get back and then you automatically head off on Monday and then you start class, I think it was. Yeah. You know? Whatever. But, I mean, it'd be a good weekend to go up there. Plus, it means probably be uh, have easier access to get tickets or decent tickets into the game. Um... Back to the game tonight. Yeah. I wish I could see the replay because Trevor Cooney apparently was on fire. Yeah, he went nuts. He was you know? uh, he was seven for eight from the arc, um, which is nice. Because yeah, 27 points. If he can keep that up, you know what you're going to get with fair. Fair is yep. fair, fair. And, you know, the front line, Christmas and Coleman, are – you know they're just going to knock around, and you know if if they can get some quality shots or you know some some offensive rebounds, that's nice. So I heard Christmas was playing with some vigor. Yeah, in the I mean half. he was pretty active. He was quiet in the first half. Um, yeah, but he ended up um, I think he ended up with like twelve points and four for five from the field, something like that, and you know a handful of rebounds. Um, so you you know what you're going to get with set, with fair and and Ennis is going to come around. Um, I, I'm dying to watch Ennis play. I have a feeling he's going to be a stud eventually. You know he, it's funny he's got 
he's got a lot of hype, and I've been reading a lot of articles where you know, it, can he step in for you know for MCW? Um, you know, it, what what's the comparison? What kind of you know what kind of player is he? Um, but Carter Williams. Carter Williams, his freshman year, even though he was a McDonald's All-American coming in, they had him on a pretty tight leash. He um, played very little. Very little. Like Ten yeah. minutes a game, I think it ended up being. I, I, I read an article. Um, but Ennis, they're talking about like 35 you know, to 38 minutes a game. And, and you know, Beheim's talking about uh, a huge load. Yeah, he said he was going to be playing most of the games at point, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, the only thing that makes you nervous about him playing point is I know the guy likes to score. I always get nervous about a point that wants to throw up the ball too much. Well, listen to this list. I did a little research and I checked uh, I checked some right. things out. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a uh, a who's who of Syracuse freshman point guards: Pearl Washington, Red Autry, Jason Hart, Jerry McNamara, and Johnny Flynn. Those are the five freshman starting point guards in the Bayheim era that played 35 minutes a game or more their freshman year. So that's a pretty legit list. Yeah, I mean, they're all studs. They're all guys with legitimate chops. So if he's on that level, I mean, that's that's pretty solid. And I would say that, you know, with Fair and uh, if Cooney – is you know it can keep up that level of play. I think that's a that's a pretty solid team. I think it's, um, you're talking. What I like about Ennis is I think he I think he's going to be one of those guys who plays with a chip on his shoulder, which I like. Yeah, because I know last year when he was in high school when he wasn't chosen for McDonald's game, he went out and put up like 55 points that night. You know to show him, hey, look, you're passing up on me, basically. So I think. That type of slight, I like a guy like that, you know. Yeah, because it means he's going to be looking to prove somebody as long as as long as it can be restrained, you right. know. Right. Not trying to do too much, you know, which sometimes happened with MCW last year. You know, as much as I down the t- dog the team last year during the season, once they got into the tournament, the Big East tournament, and then in the NCAA tournament, got went to the Final Four. I will never complain about that team again. Yeah. You know, like I was really. I mean, we were putting up some clunkers last year. You know, I mean, getting blown out by Georgetown. You know, what putting up like thirty-something points a game or something ridiculous like that. Um, Speaking of last year's team, two of my top three life memories that all time go back to to as far back as I can remember. Two of my top three life experiences are Syracuse Final Four teams, the '96. And then um, Mello and McNamara's freshman year when we were down in New Orleans together. Only my marriage figures in between those. Yeah, Um, and just barely. Just barely. (laughs) And last year's run, I I don't know if it's because, you know, I was so far removed from it. I don't have – I didn't have as much expectation. I didn't get into the season till late. Whatever the reason was, I'm not sure. It just barely registered. You know, it just – it wasn't something that 
you know, I was like, man, I can't believe, you know, this is happening. You know, I can't believe that I've got a rooting interest here. It was, you know, okay, great. You know, oh, it's time to watch the next game. You know, oh, let's watch the next game. And obviously, you know, I went out and and watched the Michigan game and, you know, was bummed when they lost and, and you know, gave everything I could while watching it. But it, it doesn't even – it's not even on the same scale as yeah. those other two games. So. Well, I mean, also you look at the other side. One, you're a student. At one time, and then the other, you actually attend the games and watch it live, you know? Yeah. No, you know it's just I mean? true. I'm sure. One of my issues, though, it always makes stuff difficult on me, is I'm watching, like, in a vacuum. You know? Because I'm the only Syracuse fan down here. Yeah. You know? I mean, so it always makes everything kind of awkward to me. Like, last year, I'm going crazy sitting alone in the den watching the game. You know? By myself. You know, it's like my only outlet for an, an out, outside Syracuse community is like text messaging you or going on Facebook and looking what people who I'm Facebook friends with who went to school <laughs> there are saying, you know, it's yeah. very uncomfortable. Now, that's funny. For as close as I am to New York, you know, a 45 minute car ride without traffic and, and, a, and a quick train ride into Madison Square Garden, um, it, it's not much better here you know, in Asbury, outside of the city, in the suburbs, because I went to watch um, the Michigan game out at a bar in Asbury. Yeah. And at halftime, they switched from the game to a UFC fight, and not even like not even That's a so pay per view, like a Fox Fight Night or something like that. Yeah, it's at- like not even a good thing. It's one one the free ones where it's like bums fighting. Where where it's the final four. It's final yeah. four weekend. And and they're changing off the game, um, so I'm sorry. That's the most Jersey thing you've told me. <laughs> Turn up to Final Four. We got UFC coming on. <laughs> All the dudes coming out with their Affliction T-shirts and their ramped up, gelled up hair and their barbed wire tattoos in the bar. Well, Ange did go to high school with Frankie Edgar, so there you go. Uh, That's all you need to that? know. Uh, he's a UFC guy. Oh, okay. I, was, I did not follow you. Uh, that's it like if you live in Jersey, it's like you know. That's it's so, like so sport or something. So New Orleans, if you live, it's uh, I don't <laughs> I don't even know who UFC is. Um, uh, no, loads of dudes are in it now, though. You know, like you know, I see all these guys driving with pickup trucks with the tap out sticker and all that. And I and the good thing about that is I instantly know who the assholes are. <laughs> Uh, you got to watch out if they've got the tap out sticker and the um, brass bulls balls hanging from yeah. their uh, from their trailer hitch. And on like the Chevrolet logo or the Ford logo, whatever <laughs> the inverse of the truck you own is. <laughs> oh, good times, good times. Uh, I mean, the good thing though, like you know, last year, you know, my brother didn't go there, but you know, my brother, yeah. Uh, but he said, you know, that's what we've done our whole lives is watch college basketball. Like in high school, it used to work out because the tournament, you know, is our exams would always happen the week of the tournament. And I don't know what happened. Maybe it was my junior. It must have been my sophomore year because my brother was still in school with me at the time. I don't know if school changed our exam schedule or if the NCAA changed the first round tournament. But that all of a sudden it was one week off. So, you know. We're like, we're like, this is horrible. We're not going to be able to watch the first, the opening two rounds of the tournament. 
And uh, we, we complained to my mother. We're like, we need excuses. And my mom went to my dad. And it's like, of course, let him stay home to watch that. You know, <laughs> high school's going to end. This thing has always gone on, you know? Uh, right. And so, so we would get excused notices to sit, you know. It, they wouldn't say they're staying home today to watch basketball for the next two days. But they would. So I got to watch the game with him. And, you know, my brother used to root against Syracuse and stuff. I mean, if it was an underdog play, and he'd probably be rooting against us or something. But he, we watched the Michigan game. It was nice. He was actually on our side. So that <laughs> made it a little better. But, oh, that was a frustrating game. And I did feel bad for Trevor Cooney the way that game ended. Like, he was put in a bad position. Yeah. So that's why I'm happy to see the first game of the season come out and tear it up. Yeah, absolutely. It's like that kid was getting, you know, people were just putting so much on him, you know, and I don't know. Um, I thought it was unfair. I mean, it sucked that they gave the ball to him because it shouldn't have been in his hands. But, you know, I got to give him credit for that. You know, as much hell as he was catching for, why does that guy have the ball? Why did he take the shot in his last game? The next game he comes out and tears it up and he – and he's not shy. He's thrown up them three pointers and and gone crazy. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's going to have a big year. I like this team. Uh, I think it's a it's real similar to uh, that West Johnson team, yeah, the two thousand nine, yeah. two thousand ten. A lot of sophomores. You yep. know, you have some you have some senior leadership uh, talent at the freshman level. And, you know, if, if they can get some production out of, you know, out of a guy like Cooney um, and even one of those freshmen off the bench, you know, Johnson, Patterson, uh, you know, I think that'll be a nice uh, that'll be a nice team. Yep. I mean, hopefully it'll work out. We've had some bad luck in the past five years on a Waku gone down that year. Then Mello just being an idiot, you know, the good teams we've had. Yeah. Like right now, we're kind of like in a, uh, you know, it's kind of like a second golden age of Syracuse basketball. Because when we were there, like it was when we went to the Final Four '96, you know, we we weren't supposed to be there. No way, no way. You know, it's like Syracuse. Like if you look at the art, the arc of the Bayheim career there, you know, you're talking about the mid to late '80s and early '90s. They were a dominant team. Then they kind of, you know. They fell in hard times. I mean, hard times for Syracuse. Most schools would love it. Right. You know, but we were good, but we weren't the same team. We weren't getting the same quality of players that we were getting before. And, you know, then uh, in the early 2000s, like the class with Carmelo, and since then we've been getting, you know, we've been getting the top-notch kids again. Yep. You know, so um, so I don't think it's unrealistic to to think we could make the final four again, especially the fact that we have a great senior on our team, which is one of the rarest things in college basketball nowadays. And I think the um, home court advantage. I mean, I know you've got you know you've got Duke and you got UNC, and and that's a whole other world down there. But listen, f- it's not very often that those guys are playing in front of forty thousand folks and. Uh, that's gonna that place is gonna be just another level and the, yep. the, they're they're gonna blow the roof off of that dome because you know georgetown comes in yeah and and you know i was up there in in 96 when uh 
UConn had uh, Donnie Marshall and, and yep. Danielle Marshall and and uh, and those uh, national championship run teams came in and they were just nasty and and that place gets loud but it, people know what Duke is people know what UNC is and they're gonna get up for it for as much as you know much crap I think as you know uh, the the home base gets for being you know townies and being local um uh, you know i think they bring it when they need to bring it and oh and yeah i mean definitely definitely and it wouldn't even matter if duke wasn't duke and unc wasn't the same unc anymore those games would still i think generate so much damn interest just because of the brand names that they are i mean if duke is 15 and 15 everybody still wants to beat the hell out of them and it still means just as much yeah, you know, no, absolutely. Like Georgetown, whatever. It was always a big game, but I think you know, Duke resonates with anybody. You know, so I'm not worried about that. And the, and the townies will bring it. So, you know, well, it's gonna I be, love the townies. It's going to be a fun year, man. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, a fun I'm year. looking forward to it. Um, I really got, I really got to look at this TV schedule and see what the hell we're going to be doing with this. You know, yeah, because. I was used to the Big East Network. I knew those regional games would always be on one of the local channels here. Now I just got to figure out what we're doing with this. I'm not worried once we get into meet a schedule because I think I will be able to watch like almost every game once we get into conference, you know? Yep. Yep. So. That'll be good, I'm, man. I'm looking forward to it. I want to see. I It sucks, you know, Jeremy Grant not playing tonight because I really want to see him play again because I'm expecting him to have grown by leaps and bounds since last year yeah i'm um i'm interested in in um in binjay he didn't he didn't do much today um he got off to a slow start um but he's a big he's a big guard yeah so we're gonna have a pretty good rotation back there and i think we'll be able to handle um you know most matchups and be able to stretch the zone and and you know, obviously that puts us in advantage any game we're in. Yep. Yeah, extremely. All right, man. All um, right. So that's cool. So um, let's, you know, take a look at the schedule. Take a look at your personal schedule. But if, you know, we could kind of carve out a couple of weeks, you know, in advance at a time um, and, and you know, maybe shoot for Thursdays because I think that'll be perfect and, and figure out a time. All um, right. And then we'll the just – The only caveat I will put on my schedule is, A, I'm an hour behind you for one. Okay. And usually I probably don't make it home from work till about, you know, 6, 6.30 my time. Yeah, no no sweat on my end. I've got, you know, nothing else going on. So the, I can make time whenever That's time is depressing. valid. <laughs> um, in the meantime – um, I'll just kind of, you know, we'll just kind of record them and then I'll just, you know, I'll carve them up and, and, you know, take out any, um, you know, super silliness, but otherwise, or profanity um, or profanity and, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of package them up and, um, you know how many times I had to bite my tongue from dropping an F-bomb during this 51 minute conversation <laughs> we've had? <laughs> well, if it's not in your, uh, if it, if it doesn't violate your own moral code, um, well, feel, Very few things do. Feel free to drop them because there's no, uh, there is no censorship and there's no, yeah, uh, there's God no limitations. Bless God bless it. But um, right. with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll be back next week. <laughs>
All right. Excellent. All right, dude. All right. Godspeed, Sam, man.